Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Super duper welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Dr. Pat. You're listening to Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I got Mr. Benny here. Benny, we got a great guest coming up, don't we? We certainly do. Yeah. Uh, and what we love about this is it's really a time for all of us to really get fired up. So if you guys are out there and you're listening and you're multitasking, that's okay. Multitasking's okay. Uh, but every once in a while, you may want to just kind of look up because we're going to be talking about the next happy with Tracy Cleantis joining us here today. And what I, what I want to say about that is ready for this folks, the next happy, let go of the life you planned, let go of the life you planned. And find a new way forward. I had to do that. OMG. Uh, But I didn't have this book. I didn't have our message. I didn't have the work that she did. I don't even know. She probably wasn't even born yet when I was going through it. Um, But the the point about all this, Benny, is can you do it, Benny? I just want to ask you. Because you've been doing this job as long as I've been on the station. (laughs) You've actually been doing it longer. I have been. I know. I'm still pushing forward. I think only because every day to me, I see it as a new day. It's true. There isn't one day I, I honestly, maybe one, maybe half of one that that I've seen the exact same day. Other than that, that's why I'm still doing this. No, I'm telling you, it's all fresh because, you know, sometimes you don't even know, like you don't even know, like who's the guest going to be. We're very organized. We send you like a whole log about who our guests are. And yeah, sometimes we transpose numbers or something like that. But, you know, no big deal. Right. I'm not even going to call it. I mean, I'm I mean, what's a big deal? With yes, that? it does happen from time to time. Not a big deal. We, we roll with it and then we catch up. So it's all good. That's it. Mm-hmm. But it's like we got Tracy today because now yep. we're connected in a million gazillion ways. All of us are. Uh, and, and, and here, this is, this is what I love. Let go of the life you planned and find a new way forward. I love that. And here's what I want to say, and I can't wait till she talks about this, is I never knew, I never knew that if I did not do the letting go thing, and I mean that, if I did not stop and think, oh, man, I'm pushing, 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 perhaps I should let go. Right. I didn't know this because I didn't know Tracy at the time. Uh, I didn't know that the universe was not going to let up on me. It was going to get my attention one way or another. And uh, and I want to say that the one way or another is not exactly joyful, not exactly joyful. But Tracy is somebody that has been working with people. This is her this is her joy juice here. She works with people. She's a family therapist. She's a life coach. I love that term joy juice. I just love that. And by the way, lives in uh, 
sunny place, went to school down there. I really did. They kicked me out of California. That's really what happened if you want to know. <laughs> but here we are today. She contributes, uh, you know, to the Huffington Post, Psychology Today. Both of us have gone down the path of what it means to what? Study psychology. Uh, she and I have, a, I think we have a very similar uh, love Carl Jung, maybe, at least I do. Uh, I wanted to go to Pacifica Graduate Institution, never made it there. But here we are. What did she and I uh, have to really let go of? What was the plan life going to be for her? And why is this book like, uh, oh, my gosh, for any of you out of there, any, any of you listening to the show where you're thinking, man, I did not sign up for this. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you did sign up for it, but you just don't know it. Tracy, it's so good to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Pat. It's a thrill to be here. You live in Pasadena, right? I do. City of Roses. I studied in Pasadena because I was part of a study group. I went to school right down the road from you in uh, Claremont. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I, I know. Great, great food. Great, great food in Pasadena. I'm sorry. I think I put on 10 pounds there because I studied in a study group with a woman that was literally from Thailand, another one that was from Korea. And, you know, and, and I was the only one that could, you know, was from the USA. So I got to eat really well during that period. Um, but here's what I want to say. Going to school and thinking that I was going to do what I thought I was going to do with this big fat degree and make this big fat money working for these consulting groups really thought that was my plan. You know what I'm saying? And I'm saying that that was not my plan, but I didn't let go of it exactly the way you talk about. Uh, thank you for today. Uh, how important is it in what you're talking about here? to understand, and, and even if I could say, Tracy, embrace the letting go of the life you planned. I, I absolutely think it's critical. And I think it's something that's really and truly not discussed. There's such a message in our culture uh, to never, never, never give up. And I would say it's some of the most insidious, toxic, and dangerous advice given. And as you mentioned, I went to Pacifica Graduate Institute, yeah. and we have a, a big focus on mythology. And when I look at the mythology of this never give up model, I think of the myth of Sisyphus. And Sisyphus, in case you don't remember, was the guy in Greek mythology whose job it was to roll the rock up the hill, almost getting to the very top, and then the rock would go back to the bottom. And then he would push the rock up the hill again. And I, I truly believe that our culture is, is possessed by this more than about a, a myth of accomplishment, but a myth of never giving up. You know, as soon as somebody actually gets the rock up the hill and becomes successful, we're pretty excited to see somebody fail. But we love these stories, you know, and the Olympics are, are starting tomorrow. And we love these stories about people who have gone through heroic ordeals to achieve their goal. And it fuels this idea that we should never, never give up. And I had a very strong plan for myself um, and, and a, a vision of what my life was supposed to be like. And when I was pursuing that vision, there were a lot of books to support me. 
There were there were books about you can do this if you vision, if you if you create a vision board, if you visualize, if you approach it this way, you see this kind of doctor, you see this feng shui person, you do this, you do this, you do this, you can make anything happen. And I was so possessed by that dream and so addicted to believing my happiness could only come through one source that it, it never occurred to me that mm-hmm. it wouldn't work out. And, and when it, I finally got to what I call calling the time of death on my dream, I went back to that bookstore <sighs> and I looked for a book that said, it's okay mm-hmm. to look to let go of the life you plan. And here's how to get through it. Here's how to survive it here. And there was, there was nothing. And I remember Pat Googling, giving up on your dream. And every result I got back was never, never give up on your dream. Yeah. Yeah. But if we don't, if we're not willing to, let's just talk about this from a, from, from a, a mystical point of view, if we could, because I believe not only do you touch on that in the book, but you really, you, you know, you really call some, some, uh, an energy, let me just call it, call an energy into being that we don't usually tap into. And what I want to talk about from a mystical point of view is this idea of, of, of letting go of a dream and what the energy is behind that. And I remember reading early on, and perhaps you can talk about this uh, a little bit, Tracy. I remember reading on uh, early on when I when I popped out and decided, is this all there is, right? And I did that while I was in school, started to question myself. What I discovered, I came across a book, and what the book said is you've got to be willing to let go of everything because the universe really doesn't like a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't like a vacuum. And so long as we're just shoving stuff into, let's just call it our dream space for a moment, just shoving stuff in there, how are we ever going to be aware of what that next happy might be? See, aren't we cutting out possibilities by what you're saying? Absolutely. And, I, and I'm and i so happy that you had that book yeah. to, to give you that wisdom. I, I think that there are so many other books that give a very different message yeah. of that you have to have a single focus and and be determined and and don't let anyone stop you and don't let any life circumstance stop you. I mean, like there's that famous uh, Colonel Sanders story about him <laughs> trying to sell that his chicken. And I think he was living in his car and he yeah. went to 900 different restaurants before he sold his, his chicken. And we hear these stories and we say, you know, I just maybe even if we know we should let go. Maybe even if we feel like, you know, I know this is not going to work out, there's such a, a cultural uh, imperative yeah. to, to continue and to not let go. However, my premise is that in letting go, um, e- even though it's extraordinarily painful, and, and I, I talk a lot about that in the book, that the, that the grief that comes with it, with it is, is part of what, what's necessary to get to your next happy. I love what you talk about here. And I know we got to pop to break, but right at the beginning of the book, and I want to talk about this when we come back, you talk about these costs, C-O-S-T-S folks. And what you talk about is uh, the consequences of not giving up, but you talk about them in some really interesting ways. You know, you talk about the physical, the psychological, and, and then you talk financial, relational, 
but I love when I love when you start to come on, you, you really hone in on this now, integrity costs, spiritual costs. And the reason that I, I want to talk about this when we come back is because I was holding on to an idea for myself that I'm not quite sure was even my idea. And I was holding on to it, this idea of finishing school and going back into corporate America and working for, you know, big, big consulting firm and so forth and so on. And I was holding on to it. But what happened was this. I dialed a wrong phone number into a radio show. Now, what is it about us that is able to let go even a little bit to kind of let that thing in? But then what happens when we go right back and want to grab right onto it again? What is the pathway? And this is what we're going to talk about. What are the costs of us sort of ping pong balling? Uh Uh-oh, I used my favorite sport back and forth and not realizing we're creating our own trap, so to speak. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Tune in to the Angels and Answers Psychic Radio Show with Clairvoyance Artie Hoffman and Sky Siegel every Thursday for a two-hour show, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. Artie and Sky deliver spiritual and motivational messages with passion and a sense of humor. Call in 800-930-2819 for live and on-air readings. Visit ArtieHoffman.com and SkyOfAngels.com. Are you anxious? Worried or insecure? Hi, I'm Dr. Friedman Schaub. I'm the author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution. Join me for my next breakthrough video seminar, which starts on September 10th. This program has helped thousands of people worldwide to overcome their struggles with anxiety, and I'm certain it can also help you. If you're ready to be free again and have a stronger foundation of inner peace and confidence, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. 
Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Are you ready for a game changer? Sarah Westall is bringing you Business Game Changers Radio. Sarah brings you leading experts, visionaries, and newsmakers who provide the best commentary on big issues and cutting-edge innovations. Sarah's 20 years as a business executive will help you think like an entrepreneur with expertise, energy, and attitude. Tune in to Business Game Changers Mondays at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I love that. Benny, good job, dude, right? That's a happy song. Yeah, for Roe Williams. That's when you clap your hands. Always. I, that's when you do it. Yeah. Never stop. That. Even love when you're in uh, interviewing. Yeah, never stop. Love the whole thing. Love it. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> you know what? I have to tell everybody listening to the show, Tracy and I were talking to her in a break. Boy, do we have some stuff to share with all of you. Um but I will tell you that I am a really happy person these days, but that has not been my story <laughs> for most of my life. Tracy, before we kind of go back and kick it up here, uh, please tell folks how we can find out more about you. And Benny, I know you heard this. We have five copies of a book to give away. Let's do it. Let's open up those lines. Get them going. 1-800-930-2819. First caller. Tracy, how can folks find out more about the amazing Tracy? And please come see me at www.tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, Clientis, C-L-E-A-N-T-I-S.com. Awesome. And Benny is going to handle all the calls in. 1-800-930-2819. Give us a shout. Okay, Tracy, I, got, I, I was captivated by so many things in the book, but one in particular. Um, right at the beginning of the book, you take us on a journey that most people will say, really, is she talking about this? Um, yeah, you talk about dreams. You talk about the statistics around that. Uh, you talk about the consequences of not giving up. And the words that we like to use in the spiritual co community is we don't like to say giving up. People say, oh, that is like such a bad energy. Mm -hmm. But then we, we flip around and we say letting go as if letting go is something different than that. Um, but I would love for you to talk about this because right out of the gate, you identify five or six of these costs. And they're so critical to the rest of the book that you've written. Please, let's talk about these for a minute, for a minute and give us some examples of what you mean by these costs. Absolutely. Thank you. you. Know, well, uh, when, when I was conceptualizing sharing this, I was, I was anticipating a lot of reaction because of um, as I've mentioned, there's so much emphasis on you've got to stick with the dream, you've got to hold the vision. So I, I was sort of imagining myself as the Dr. Kevorkian of dreams, um, which is not the you know the most uplifting, happy um, image. But but what Dr. Kevorkian did when he was dealing with people at the end of life is he took a very detailed 
survey, and he asked a lot of questions. He asked, was there hope? Were there things that could be done? And I really wanted to cautiously and, and clearly create an inventory for people to go through to come up with their own answers, because it's not my business to be telling you, you need to give up on your dream. And in, in going through this inventory and saying, you know, what, what are the real costs for me? Is this, is this dream toxic for me? Is it hurting my body? Um, and there's a lot of evidence in um, research on people who don't disengage from pulse that, that aren't um, happening, that there are physiological consequences, that there is increased insomnia, there is increased risk for hypertension, for uh, heart disease, for diabetes. Um, and you wouldn't sort of imagine that as a, as a physiological cost, but, but very often when I spoke to people for this book, people did report they were sleeping less, they had more insomnia, they were more stressed, they had more physical issues. And that's something I saw again and again. Now certainly my dream was to have um, a child of my own and I went through lots and lots of infertility treatment. Um, and I did four full rounds of IVF and 21 rounds of artificial insemination. Mm -hmm. And um, those, those physical costs were more obvious than perhaps someone who's dealing with the end of a, a, a work situation or the end of a marriage or losing a home. Um, but, but over and over in, in talking to people, people did report physiological consequences. Um, and the, the long term of that, in not disengaging from something that's not happening, how that creates psychological issues in terms of hopelessness, feeling that you're um, not able to act, um, feeling like you're kind of stuck in, in a situation also impacts spiritual, spiritual issues. People that I spoke to changed their spiritual beliefs. They went from maxims like everything works out for the best to feeling hopeless and that, that losing their faith in, in continuing to pursue a dream that wasn't happening for them. Financial costs... I've heard, I've heard over and over, people continue to invest good money after bad. And certainly I did that in my pursuit of uh, infertility treatment. I would, I would go into denial. I mean, I was very much addicted to this pursuit and I would go into denial and, and not take in the reality of the statistics the doctors would give me. And people I spoke to in the book would say, okay, I'm going to take one more seminar or I'm going to you know, do one more advanced graduate study course or I'm going to, um, there was one uh, woman I interviewed for the book who invested millions of dollars in trying to open a hotel. Um, by the end of her, the pursuit of her dream was homeless and um, without the ability to get a job. So those financial costs are real. And um, people in, in, in almost every level of um, pursuit in relationship, in career, experience all of these costs. Um, yeah. and, and the integrity. Um, people begin to do things that they wouldn't otherwise do. They, they live out, um, this, this dream is so possesses them that, that they start to do things and behave in ways that are not consistent with who they are and what they truly yeah. value. Abandon, yeah. Abandoning relationships, yeah. not, put it, not putting energy into things that are important to them, abandoning their spiritual life, having their life become so focused around this one thing and believing 
that it is the only thing that matters and completely losing perspective of what they actually have in the now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the, another uh, major cause that I see with people is that people start to live their life on layaway. And, and what that means is they, they move into this idea that what is happening now yeah. doesn't, does not matter. I am willing to endure anything for this future where everything is going to be perfect and happy. Hmm. And, you know, I want to stop there and talk about that a little bit more. Um, and, and the reason I want to stop and talk about that a little bit more is because <clears throat> we could be talking about being in a job right now, right? We could be talking about being in a job right now that absolutely is not fitting us very well. And we get caught in this. It's almost like a catch-22. I love that phrase. It's almost like this catch-22 where we're waiting for that next indicated thing to happen before we can actually change that thing that we're in. And, and we go back and forth with this, oh, I can't change this thing that I'm in because this other thing hasn't happened. Uh, and it's really this interesting dynamic around this. I want to talk with you about this because sometimes we talk about a future dream and we don't talk about the current life situation we're in and, and how we hold on to it, even if we don't see that it's the dream. You know what I'm trying to say, Tracy? Absolutely. Yeah. It's almost like, well, wait a minute, I got this other dream out there, but then I'm right in the middle of this thing here. And I think it really, it really stalls people. I see that when people actually go through this process of identifying that the dream isn't working, calling time of death, doing, doing the hard work of grieving Mm -hmm. and coming to understand why they wanted it so much and what they imagined that this dream fulfilled would give them. I have seen over and over that people, their time orientation shifts. Yeah. That it's almost like it's a course, an advanced degree in mindfulness. You know, it, if they, that if you are in, in this addiction to a dream, you can't be thinking about the now. It's too unbearable if everything good is out there in the future. But when you let this go to survive the grief, you have to be in the now. And in and, and really understanding what you want from the dream, and, and deconstructing that and coming back to, okay, how can I get that thing in the now? What is it I really wanted from this? And how is that possible right now without anything else happening? Wow. Well, we're going to take a short break. We come back. We're going to talk with Tracy about the idea of, you know, facing this sadness. But more, more importantly, you know, do we ever get underneath the true reasons why we wanted what we wanted? Do we ever get underneath that? Um, you know, it really took me the possibility of not having that happen, not being that, that consultant that I thought I was going to be and getting underneath why, why that was important to me at the time. And what happens when you do discover it? This is what I want to talk with Tracy about when we come back, because most importantly, when we talk about this uh, upon returning and we talk about the stuckness that completely suffocates us from hanging on, hanging on consciously and subconsciously, 
what is it? What is it that Tracy offers us to the next happy? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. You never feel happy. No, you won't. Until you try. You never feel happy. TheAngelLady.net 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 1-800-323-1790 Sue Storm TheAngelLady.net TheAngelLady.net Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. What is a brilliant culture? And how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you design a culture that is authentic, innovative, and successful. Learn how to create change with Cultural Brilliance Radio, the DNA of organizational excellence and Claudette Rowley. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit ClaudetteRowley.com. Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine. Many of us have patterns that have been long held in our field. We attract the same energies, take the same jobs, go to the same toolkits of experience and survival. That is a lot of what patterns are about, security, safety, and survival. Even if they don't work, at least we understand them. But destiny, even the word sounds boundless. It comes from your soul essence a completely different place. When we listen to the guidance coming to us, that is where it is taking us. Let's go. Are you ready to shift into your best life? Visit LeslieFontaine.com and let's talk about unfolding all that you want to be, do, and have. You'll find sessions, audio products, classes to help remove the blocks and move you into your potential. And listen to my show, Sheer Alchemy, on Transformation Talk Radio, Wednesdays at 10 Pacific and 1 Eastern. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 
Hey everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you here. Um, and you know, this is really what I love about doing what I get to do every day. I, I love the people that are taking a fresh perspective out into the world about what we've discovered. And, and what I'm saying is what we've discovered through our own pain. And, you know, there's a reason that I think, Tracy, that you, that you wrote this book, a lot of reasons why you wrote this book. But most importantly, it's if we look at the human potential arena for the past, let's just say, 20 years, if we could, it has been full of, uh, of almost creating visions for people that have to do with something that an individual may not envision for themselves. And I think we get stuck on that. If I am not envisioning a big a life, as big a life as Jack Canfield, then I'm a loser, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is that kind of thing that seems to be getting us caught. And I wanted you to talk a little bit more about this because not only do you talk about um, <laughs> the ugly step-siblings of emotions <laughs> in this book, but I'm reading this book and I'm thinking if I'd have had this book back in, back in, you know, 2004, when I really doubted everything that I had started to say yes to, which had nothing to do with what I went to school for, nothing to do with my partner at the time thinking, man, when are you going to get a real job? Nothing to do with any of that. And most importantly, nothing to do with spending thousands of dollars on buying airtime to help people live life full out. I would have been better off had I had this book in front of me. But I don't think I am special, Tracy, in this. I am not special. People are going through this day in and day out. So I wanted to talk with you about these emotions, but I also wanted to chat with you about how this how how the sucking sound actually does get to stop after a while. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know, I, I want to kind of start back with something you, you were sure. addressing that this is not yeah. this is not unique to you, and it's not unique to me. Okay. And I I, I would say that it's it's something probably if you're at the, by the age of twenty one, you've experienced something that's that your life has not worked out the way you planned. Maybe you didn't have the childhood you wanted. You didn't get the guy you wanted. You didn't get into the college you wanted. There's, this is a human experience. This is something that we all go through. And it, it's the, the consequences of this and the, the, um, are, are really serious. There's a, there was a study that was released in 2013 that, st that stated that the increase in suicide in middle-aged men relates to the inability to achieve career goals and and achieve the American dream. Yeah, and that's a, a really yeah. sobering sobering statistic. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 when you think about the psychology of that, is there was only one way to have a successful life. Mm -hmm. There was only one way, and and when they weren't able to achieve that, they felt like failures, losers, quitters, yeah. all of this kind of language that we hear. And you, know, you, you, you spoke to how people respond to you when you're going through this, that people, you know, I talk a lot about this in the book, that people love to throw cliches when you're going through this. They love to say things like it's always darkest before dawn, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And they give us all these kind of cliches and advice. And at the core of that, Pat, I believe that is about their own fear. 
Yeah. And they don't want to, they want to hold to that idea that everything works out for the best, that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, my premise is, and there's a lot of research to back this up, that it, not everything that you go through makes you stronger. You have to do work to get to the strength. That it's not something passive that just happens to you. It's about being involved and engaged in the process. And that means allowing yourself to grieve and meet these ugly steps of wings of emotion that nobody wants to hang out with. Yeah. And, you know, it was so interesting. And for every chapter of the book, people were willing to talk to me. But when I started to talk about feelings of envy, nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody, really? nobody wanted to admit their envy when they saw other people who had achieved their dream. Yeah. So I um, took the bold, brave move and shared my own envy of, of what it was like to see friends around me with children and, and my own reactions to that. And, and those actions were not, I, I didn't feel so good about myself. I didn't feel so spiritual. I didn't feel so psychological with some of the reactions I had. I felt a lot of shame. So that envy, that guilt, that shame is something we've got to be willing to look at, or I don't believe we really can get to our next happy. And, you know, grief is something we're so afraid of. Even in my practice, people will have lost someone in their life and they'll, they'll call me and they'll say, it's been a month and I'm still crying. A month. And, and that's when there's been a, a death of a person. But when there's a death of a dream, there's no space. You got to get back on that horse. Exactly. You got you got to get back in the game. You got to you got to do this. And then people love to tell us, okay, you know, you wanted to be a baseball player. Well, how about coaching little league? Yeah. Or you want you wanted to be a mother. Well, why don't you hang out with your your friends' kids? It's not the same, and it, yeah. it it doesn't meet that need. And again, it's it's people being have their own anxiety about, ooh, if this didn't work out for her or for him. What might not work out for me? I don't want to look at this. I want to play hot potato with this and, and come up with a solution. And, and that's why I talk about it. it's so important to find a network, find support where you get to grieve this. And that can be in therapy, that can be in support groups, that can be in finding community online uh, with people who shared your dream and who are going through not achieving it, people who are going through a divorce or a career transition, or in my case, um, people who are childless, not by choice. But yeah. that's, that's, it's a really important thing to have a place where you get to just not clean up your story and not be positive and not spin it, but just say, this sucks, this hurts, yeah. I'm, I'm in pain. And I, I had to go back into therapy because I needed a place to wail, to wail about that pain and to let it out and have no one clean it up and no one say to me, hey, but did you try this? Did you do this? Did you do that? Each time I got that reaction, I got the message of, you know what, you should keep trying. Yeah. And you know what's fascinating about no. this? Um, I'm, th I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about what you're saying. And I really, I can think in, I can go back in so many places in my life and think about this. Uh, even the time when I was homeless, I was homeless at 17. I could think about this. And I think about the losses I've had in my life, the people, because um, most of the people in my life that have passed on have passed on very suddenly. You know, my mom committed suicide, my sisters, my stepmom. 
um, very, very suddenly. And yet at the same time, I'm thinking about the many times that I felt disappointment. And I think disappointment is right up there with resentment as being uh, like the, the, uh, up at the top of the list of toxicity, if I could say that, just right up at the top. But then I remember this, Tracy. I remember shortly thereafter going through, and I wish I could say a long grieving process, but grieving, but shortly thereafter stepping away from something and saying, okay, I guess I'm not going to go back to school. I guess I'm not going to study psychology. I mean, I was rejected by 30 schools. Why would I hold on to that dream? I had done everything that I possibly could. And when I let go of that, I got a letter from Claremont who put me on a waiting list. But I can point to so many of those times. And, and here's what's interesting. Even in the world we're in today, Tracy, I want to ask you your advice on this. Even in the world we're in today, I find myself, even in this great team of people I work with and what they're building here, we're not building this because we have nothing better to do. And, you know, we see this as a profit center because it's actually not. But we're building something because there's a vibration and something calling us forward. But every once in a while, Tracy, we have to stop and say, you know, we may have to let go of this. And I, I wonder about that because my human potential friends say, don't do that. You're inviting something devastating to happen to what you're building. And I guess I don't feel like that. So can you see the confusion that one might have if I'm supposed to hold on to a vision and a dream? then am I sabotaging it by contemplating it not being here? Did that make any sense right there? It does. Okay. And I, I, I think that when you've gone through this, and, and again, really engaged with the process, I believe and, and have seen over and over in people that there's a shift from dreams being what I call big D dreams oh. to little D dreams. And you know that may not sound as sexy, or as um, committed, but I think that there's a kind of looseness with it. There, in working through this and going, learning the lessons of how to get to your next happy, that you can approach a dream and say, you know, I'm, I'm this, I, I want this, I, I would like this, but what the, the shift is, is not, you're no longer, this is the only way it can happen. I, I have to have it work this way or I'm not going to be happy. This is the absolute only way that's working. And so in, in opening to that and having some spaciousness around that, you actually get to have more potential. Perhaps there's, if, if it doesn't manifest in this one given way, it, it might, something better might open. It, that the, the core of the desire can come about in another way. Mm. I, I have... Plenty of little daydreams, but none of them are, I'm not addicted to any of them. Mm. I can, I can. Thank you for that. Addicted. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I can, I can, I can be, you know, I like this, but I also know that I don't know what achieving that dream might cost me, what it might prevent for me. I never imagined the kind of happiness that I have now. I, I didn't know that it was possible. And I think almost daily of a, of a quote by Truman Capote that 
more tears are cried over answered prayers than the unanswered. And if my life had turned out as I was working and determined and addicted to manifesting, I would not have this extraordinary happiness I have now. I would not have the relationship I have. I would not have two books. I would not have the practice I do. I would not have this life in, in this new home. I, I, my life would be very different. There would be wonderful things that would have come from that, but it would have also blocked a lot of good for me. And I want to talk about the, I want to, I want to, we're going to skip break because I want to get back to the word addiction. Um, I, I, I never thought in the time that I would be on this planet doing what I do, that the word addiction would come up in so many places. Um, we don't even have to begin to talk about uh, the idea of addiction to drugs and alcohol right now. And let's just say in North America, because I'm very involved in that myself. Um, and none of us can keep up with the statistics around it. Um, every day there's something new coming out, and, and yet at the same time, um, people in, in government can't even wrap their minds. It's, it's not even a war on drug, drugs anymore. We're in an epidemic state here. Um, and yet at the same time, there are now new addictions, if we can talk about them. One of them you just talked about. And that is an addiction to a future uh, that we somehow long for, but cannot really wrap our minds around not even having. And it, an addiction, a borderline obsession. And I know you must, you must come up with this. Uh, the other side of this is talking about uh, the world we live in where we're not willing to feel things, correct? And instead of really feel it, feeling what you're talking about in the book, which is a path to freedom, by the way, um, for me at least, um, we start to numb ourselves. We're numbing. We're numbing. We're, we're eating, right? We're uh, sugar. We're eating. We're drinking. Uh, we're using drugs. Uh, we're watching TV. Uh, whatever it looks like, right? We're numbing, numbing ourselves out. I know you addressed this in the book, but I wanted you to talk to this as a sign that perhaps we can see in ourselves when we are really holding on very tightly. Or maybe I'm off on this. You're, you're not off at all. And I think that one of the, the real keys to understanding the addiction, the addiction to a dream and, and a really important element um, you know, Pat, when I was speaking with people about the book or, and, and hearing their stories, these were people who had all let go and moved on, but they had not asked that very important question, why did they want it so much? Mm -hmm. And it was in our interviews that it was the first time that they asked that question. And I remember very clearly the moment sitting in my analyst's office and him asking me, why did you want this so much? And I was, I was incredulous. It seemed like such a ridiculous question. It was like asking why I wanted water or, or air. And uh, it took me uh, some time to engage with that question. I didn't want to look at it. I just wanted to want it. I just, it was, it seemed self-evident to me. It seemed that this would guarantee a certain kind of happiness for me. But engaging and, and what I call analyzing the daytime dream, where you know, some of us are open to looking at our nighttime dreams and saying, what does that mean? But we don't look at our goals and say, 
what does that mean? Why are we possessed all of a sudden with a goal to have sell a screenplay or to marry this person or to have that house on the lake? What's, what's the unconscious fantasy? What do we imagine it's going to give us? And in not facing that and not looking at the core of, I believe this thing is going to give me this. If I get into Harvard, my dad will love me. <laughs> if, if I become the next Oprah, no one will be able to criticize me and I'm going to have power and feel security for the rest of my life. There's always something underlying the desire. If I have this, then I will be that. And, and in looking at that, we get to look at the insanity, if you will, of the dream. You know, it's not that satisfying for dad to only love you if you get into Harvard. It really doesn't feel that good. Right. And, and achieving, becoming the next Oprah is not going to give you what you imagine it will. And so deconstructing that and saying, you know what? The truth is, is that dad's a narcissist and I can do whatever. And I'm likely still not going to get that love. And I need to grieve that and move on and find other places to get love in my life. Yeah. yeah. I, need, I need to look at that, how I want this, this uh, experience of being the next Oprah to give me that kind of security. Well, what security am I really after? What is it I really want? And looking at the core of that begins to break apart the idea that there's just one way to get it and or that, that this dream will give you what you actually imagine it will. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're saying, and maybe, maybe we are, but I think we, we should stop for a minute and chat about it. Are we saying uh, not to dream? Dream. Dreams are, I, I love nighttime dreams. I love daytime dreams. Huh. Um, I, my background is in Jungian psychology. I work with yeah. dreams every day. I, yeah. love, I love dreams. What I, I, I don't want us to take our dreams at face value. You know, if, if we're dreaming at night about uh, being on a motorcycle and jumping the Grand Canyon, it doesn't mean we should do that. And if we're dreaming that we're going to be the next winner of American Idol, maybe that's not what we're supposed to do either. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a vision of, I want to be seen. Maybe there's a vision of, I want my voice to be heard. And I'm saying, it's your worth taking the time to really get to know what this dream is about and what you really want. When we look at this and step back from this, I want to make sure we're talking to folks, uh, you know, about a couple of interesting things. Because, you know, I was reading through the book and some of this is pretty funny what you have in here, you know, in, in a lot of different ways. I know we're talking about some things that, you, you know, when we say the word letting go, it's a, it starts to feel a little heavy for people. But I want to flip this for a minute and just talk about what, what happens when you do let go. You know, letting go, letting go, letting go. It sounds as if what we're talking about is, am I ever going to get my joy juice, right? Am I ever going to get it? And uh, about two weeks ago, I talked about my favorite author, uh, Viktor Frankl. Mm -hmm. And I talked about one of the most important books that I ever read. Uh, and I didn't read it till I was older. But I also talked about the fact 
that even though he went through those horrific scenarios, he did go on to live his life, right? Absolutely. And, and, as, and that's really yeah. what we're talking about, isn't it? How it do is. you want to live a big life? Absolutely. And, and, you know, as you know, I, one of my chapters is very yeah. much about, about Victor Frankl and, oh. and, and about what he was able to do was create meaning out of a situation that there was no meaning. He was able to walk away with that with, with more tools and more insight and a, a better understanding and went on to do something extraordinary with that experience. And I absolutely believe that if we engage with this process consciously, that we're going to leave with joy juice. I, yeah. uh, my face hurts because I'm smiling so much, yeah. you know, and, and I, and I, um, you know, I, Pat, I did, I was committed to this is the only way I can be happy. Now I get to be happy in lots of ways. So joy juice gets to come in in lots of ways because I'm not holding on so tight. Oh, awesome. There's so much that you've included. Please, again, thank you so much for today. Tell folks how they're going to be able to get a copy of the book. Also, give out your website and, you know, let folks know how you actually work with people and help them, you know, move through whatever that is that's going on with them so they can live an amazing life. Thank you, Trace, for today. Please give out that information. Absolutely. You can you can come see me at www.tracyclientis.com. That's T-R-A-C-E-Y-C-L-E-A. N-T-I-S dot com. And you can find the next happy uh, everywhere books are sold. It's available uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, local local booksellers. And I, I do offer psychotherapy and life coaching to help people get to understand what they actually want from their life, what they actually want from their dreams. And, and for sure, giving a space for people to grieve this consciously so they can get to the other side where the joy juice waits for them. Um, and I'm very excited to announce that I, my next book is coming out uh, in spring 2017, um, published by Hazelden, and it is um, temporarily titled Self-Care is Not a Stupid Candle, how to, yeah. finally, how, to finally, how to Finally Take Care of Yourself in Every Area of Your Life. And this very much came out of I wanted to take care of a child. That's what the next happy for me was, was wanting this child to take care of and, and really engaging with that dream. I came to realize I needed to take care of myself and hence this next book. So that's, that's my joy juice of the moment. Awesome. 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 I want to thank you so much again, website. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for writing this book and thank you for allowing us to let go of those things that just don't serve us anymore. Thank you so much. Website again, please, Tracy. www.tracyclientis.com. And Thank please, you. I hope you will come back when your next book is ready. I will be here. Thank you awesome. so much for having me. It's been a thrill. Awesome. You rock. And the books, by the way, for folks out there, I know a lot of you are listening live, but a lot of you are listening uh, in our replay or not live. The next happy is the name of the book. If you would like a copy of this book and you have not called in, email me, info, I-N-F-O, at thedrpatshow.com or go to our website, thedrpatshow.com or Transformation Talk Radio. Put your name in the comments section and we will get the first three people at the top. We'll get you a book. All right, everybody, stay tuned. Got Sue Storm, the angel lady coming up next.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.